Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And we are back talking about Highlander 3 in episode 4. This has been quite the journey, guys. Quite the journey. journey. It's not over yet. Yep. From the hilly, snow-covered mountains of Mount Neary to our... To Mount Fari. To the studio in Philadelphia. (laughs) Mount Fari. Eamon, why don't you give us a, let's say, 60-second recap of what's going on here. And break each of those 60 seconds down into another 60 seconds, so it's just like an infinite feedback loop of how long our recording is. Okay, so Mac is in a mountain with Mako, and they learn to respect illusions, and then uh, Kane shows up with two of his goons, and they... They kill Mako, and then Mac escapes, and the cave collapses. Mako is trapped in the cave. McLeod uh, falls out. Alex is investigating the cave for some reason. Uh, Alex, not Brenda. <laughs> Alex, not Brenda. Brenda's dead. I guess we haven't talked about that yet. Spoiler alert. Uh, McLeod You're ruining our pod, man. <laughs> has a son. Didn't win the game. Uh, it goes back to New York to confront Kane, who escapes. And Kane has a prostitute. He eats a condom. Uh, and they are going to meet in a Japanese cultural center. Give All right, take there we go. That sounds good. So if that didn't do it for you, you should definitely go back and check out episodes one, two, and three in the feed. I really and, don't know why that wouldn't be sufficient. Right, exactly. <laughs> that about does it. I mean, we've only recorded two hours of content about this already, so. Yeah. Probably longer. Probably. All right, so we're about to jump back in. So, shall we? Let's shout. Yes. All right, please. so the scene opens with Dr. Alex, <laughs> the secret world of Alex Mack. Oh, Alex Mack. Alex and Mack. Oh, look at that. You nailed this one. Right. You just blew this case. And she was an alien, just like open. McLeod is from Zeist. Well, that's right. That's They're right. both aliens. Wow. Yeah. Very good. All right. So she is at Mack's house. She's knocking. No answer. So, and no Rachel, I guess, to answer the door. Who knows where she is? We'll find out in Endgame, I guess. Did we talk about Kane burning down the model village in the... No, no we, didn't. we didn't. So let's backtrack a little bit. So in the last scene from the last episode we talked about, There's Kane visits yeah. Alex at the museum. What for, is this place? Right. He learns about museums. Yeah, he learns what museums are. <laughs> Do you think after and he left, he just are. took a tour and like, maybe that's how he gets acclimated to society. He takes he, an audio tour? He takes the full fucking tour of the museum and yeah. learns, although it's the Museum of Ancient History, so we would only learn kind of a... A segment. No, but yeah. he's like got such a thirst for knowledge because Ike says I'm a bit of a historian myself. So then he yeah. goes to the Met and, <laughs> and does he the really whole... learns the stuff. He's like, ah, oh, Egyptians. I wonder if I knew about them. Yeah, <laughs> he goes to the Goog. The, yeah, the Goog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On his way out, what happens, Eamon? He repeats his line from the start of the movie. That great callback. Yeah, which is what is it? Let it burn or Let, burn it down? Burn it down. Burn it down. And the little model village of the village scene what do you call at the this? beginning. A model. It, that burns down as well. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Key theory that they were building a set and were like, what's the set going to look like? Let's build a model. They built a model of the set. And then later they were like, we can use that model in yeah. the movie and then put it in the scene and burned it down. I don't know. Probably not true. But It's weird, though. It is it's weird. super weird. Like It looks like an With exact magic. model of the, yeah. of the fucking it village, does. right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Alex is there looking for Mac. He's a no-show. So she, like camps out in her car sten is behind parked right right behind her in his car so mac eventually exits his apartment or whatever it is and he goes to the garage the garage the garage and i guess our good old friend from highlander one is back the porsche yeah. The Porsche, yeah. I actually, I mean, I like seeing the Porsche. Oh, I do too. It's yeah. a nice car. It is a nice car. If I had a car, well, if I could drive, and then if I had a car, and I was rich. Wow, a lot of lawyers here. <laughs> That's the one I would get, but probably not. Cool. Cool uh, story, So bro. Mac peels out. He's heading off. He's got like a gym bag He with peels him. the tarp off the car and then peels out That's right. of his garage. Like... Uh, so he heads off, then Alex follows him, and then we see 
Sten's lights go on, but like mm-hmm. barely drive away. Like they don't yeah. really establish that like he's following too, mm-hmm. but it's there. So then we cut to the Japanese spiritual center in Queens. Uh, Sten is out in his car and he radios to tell him somebody's there. Everybody's following everybody mm-hmm. as usual. Mm-hmm. A few things about this, unless you had a point you were about. I've, to I've got a few things for okay. sure. So you go first. We'll see. If they might be the same. We'll see if there's some interesting. Why is there like a shadow of people fencing, like being projected onto the front of the right. Japanese cultural center? Yeah, what is that about? I had to like do double, like because I was like, wait, is that is really the is that the, is re- it a reverse the building? Reflection? Yeah, and it's like I think that's the building. No, that's the building he's looking at that has shadows of people fighting. Is the Japanese cultural center? Those are shadows of Mac and Charlie, we find out, yeah. fighting. But, but that's impossible. Right. right. So they, like, cheated the shot. They're like, oh, we want to see the sh-. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I was very confused. Here's my second point. I Googled if this place exists. Oh! It does. Uh, what? Nice. But not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> a place called Rezobox, which is a, <laughs> a Japanese... A what? <laughs> R-E-S-O... Box. I don't know what it means. Sounds like a band. Opened in 2009, but it is a Japanese cultural center, and they so have one in Queens. <laughs> but this isn't that place. You know what? I think there's actually a museum as part of this, and I think I almost went there last time I went to New York. Wow. <laughs> because we, there was a whole discussion of we should go to Queens, because like we, whenever we're up there, we never go to Queens. And that was one of the things that came up. Spoiler alert. How about never that? Went, never went to Queens. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you think they it's in Queens because of Queen? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, a that's key it. theory. Nailed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so this shadow thing is fucked beyond belief. Yeah. It's like this is such <laughs> fucked beyond it's belief. It's such crap. Yeah, All really right, so then it. we cut inside and Mac is there sparring with Charlie? White with Charlie. Ch- White Charlie. Yeah. White Charlie. <laughs> Another Kendo enthusiast. Right. But Mac just like fucking flips this guy and slams him on the ground. <laughs> Mac just seems like a dickhead. He's but like these that, guys are like best friends. This yeah. Mac has maybe been away for eight years. Yeah. I have questions about that though. Good to see you, Connor. Yeah, like Good these, to see you, Charlie. Yeah, these guys are like best sparring friends or whatever it is. I don't know. Also, two white guys fighting in the Japanese, Japanese cultural, cultural center. center. Yeah, I was thinking that. Same thing with White Charlie. Also, it's a it's not a Japanese cultural center. It's a Japanese spiritual center, and they are fighting in it. Does that n- seem weird too? Mm. Like I have no idea. It's a spiritual center. Should you really be like punching and? It's kicking? also under construction, I guess. I wonder. Yeah. I had a note that I was like, "What's up with all this scaffolding?" Like, and a trapeze. I yeah, it's not scaffolding. It's for a show. It's like a stage. So it's for the chap. It's for the like. Oh, uh, I guess like for acrobats there. or something. Yeah. Yes. So that's the deal. It's not scaffolding. I wanted the same thing, though. Also, there's an indoor working, like, little waterfall for some reason. It's very You know, spiritual. you got to wash your arms, meditate under yeah. it. I don't know. Well, so, yeah. Maybe so then there's Mac, hidden well, treasure behind the well, waterfall this is like, if it was a video This game? is, like, Probably. a weird mirroring. Like, Mac does, like, mm-hmm. water moves, and, like, he, like, washes up or whatever. And I guess this is similar to, like, the waterfall shit he was doing in the flashback in the beginning of the movie. Was I that even guess. him? Were those his arms? I don't remember. Think, yeah, yeah, arms. I think it was. They were white. They white were arms. White Those arms. Are white <laughs> arms. <laughs> yeah. So he like starts washing his face or whatever, and then he gets another flashback for some reason. Right, like through the water, and we flashback to France, and it's a horseback riding scene, and Mac is racing Sarah, who's wearing a very busty red number. Um <laughs> and also, ooh, I wanted to point this out. I guess this is this is like this the way this movie like falls apart. Is this significant because Alex, Dr. Alex is also a horse rider. Did anyone notice that on her computer, she has a picture of her and a horse? Oh, wow. I did not I notice, notice that. that. That's a good pull. Uh-huh. But, and yeah. it's her it's and her horse's, name, her horse's name, like Tar- 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 Tarius or Tarsus or something like that. Tarsius? Yeah. Mm. Wait, you can see that in the picture? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, she she labeled it. I'm assuming it's the horse's name. <laughs> sure. Wow. Why not? Yeah, right? That's so strange. Yeah, so, so it's really feeding into the strange, like, reincarnation aspect of this thing. Right. That yeah. it's not, like, a coincidence. Correct. Yeah, so they're, they're racing around, going around this, like, water feature <laughs> in the this garden. water feature, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's water in this garden somewhere. But then after riding, you know what you got to do. Fuck. Fuck. You got to fuck hard in the hay. Oh. Roll around in the hay. So, yeah, they fuck like crazy <laughs> yeah. immediately in, like, the upper loft of a stable. I really hate right. Christopher Lambert's fucking acting. <laughs> fucking acting. That's not acting, bro. No, I, yeah. I feel like I agree with that sentence, but with a different emphasis. I hate his fucking acting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Am I wrong? I'm just not convinced Lambert's a good actor. 
Uh, yeah. I think he no, does. No, for sure. I think he's better with less dialogue. The and less like dialogue he has. Glancing around. The like, better. Yeah. <laughs> that weird stare. Like, just leave that. Like, just let him be a That's loop. why he got the part. I'm just not convinced he's an amazing actor. All right, so let's break yeah. it all down. We get some sucking um, boobies. Do we see yep. Do we see the real nipple sucking in this nope, part? No, no, no. There, there's, yeah. there's, there's more nipple there's sucking There's some nipple later. sucking, I think. Also, no, this is breast sucking. Bre- oh, yeah. Full breast on breast sucking. sucking. Yeah. Implied blowjob, I think. A what? Implied blowjob. Uh, he's definitely like standing this. and she's lower. Ooh, man. And he's giving like, leaning his head back and going like, rawr. Yeah. All right, so reader poll. Anyone ever have sex in a barn? No. It's also open to the rewatchers. Reader poll. This does not seem comfortable ever. That's a stereotype. Much it like it's the, literally a it roll is, in a head. This is yeah, yeah. No, this is like a thing that's on romance covers, like yeah. novels, right? This sounds awful. <laughs> and then Mac is so good in bed. She says, "I wish we could go on like this for a thousand years," which <laughs> well, is also not necessarily a little... because he's so good in bed. Which she's is also just in that I don't know. She's like in love. I'm, I'm just remembering this now. Is that a callback to the first movie, also with Heather? Like, I wish oh. we could be like this forever or something. Does yeah. she say something like that? Probably. Yeah, I think so. A little on the nose. They can never resist the urge to drop those kinds of lines yeah. right. in the show or here. <laughs> yeah. They're always like, what are you, 400 years old? Yeah. <laughs> so then yes, somebody and, calls yeah. for Mac outside. And it's Pierre. Pierre. <sighs> so fucking, this guy's look is... I have a picture of him here. This guy looks like he's a SpongeBob character. Hey, everyone's hair, like Mac's hair, is like fucked. This guy's hair is frizz. Like, well, at least this guy, at least Mac has the excuse of he's just literally been fucking. In the, he's had a literal roll in the hay. Pierre's just like, hey, the revolution is started. We need to go. We need you. And so Mac goes back to Sarah, and he's like, I gotta go. And she's like, Oh, you're not gonna be back. So she gives him a token. She gives him his ring or her ring, right? Right. So. We just had a lot of conversations lately about, like, who is the McLeod character. One time, I don't remember when you said this. I don't actually think it was part of this sequence. I think it might have been part of maybe even our American Dream, the comic book discussion. You say something like, Mac doesn't strike me as the guy who trains. (laughs) Right, yeah. Which I agree with wholeheartedly. Mac also doesn't seem to me like the guy whose friend rolling up on a horse saying, come fight in a revolution is like, Okay. Mac's not the guy that seems to fight in a revolution at all. Exactly. Like, he's out of everything. Like, he's this reluctant warrior character. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah, there's like this This takes the reluctance out of it. Yeah, there's been this, like, weird desire to recast him as, like, a crusading kind of character. Whereas I think the person we meet in Highlander 1 is the most reluctant. He just wants to be left alone. In this movie, he's like the guy destined to win. Like, Kane comes after him like, oh, this is Guy Highlander. Like, what? Like... No, this guy's a nobody, which is, I think, important. I think that was, like, a part of what made the original character interesting. He's, like, this cynical, rumpled man. And now, all of a sudden, he's this ultimate warrior of justice Mm -hmm. who's like, well, you're right. I have strong thoughts on the monarchy that I must vindicate by going to fight in this revolution. Because the mysterious Pierre asked me to. Yeah. What side is he on? Thoughts and shit. (laughs) We don't know. I thought he was on, like... The side of the rich people. Yeah, he definitely oh, has money. That's a very good question. And he's captured at the end. He's You're... captured at the end, but is the revolution over? If the right. revolution is not over, then he's... What has he tried What has he tried for? Treason, I thought. Treason, yeah. Against the king. So then he's oh, on... Okay. then he is a revolutionary. So he's a revolutionary. Because, right. But then I was also just rethinking of the line, in a little while, we will see Mac being broken out of jail, and Pierre says... Kind of comedically, oh, it's for the revolution. Right. Leading me to wonder, is the guard a revolutionary? <laughs> and yeah. Mac was fighting for King Louis. Well, yeah, when, when Pierre breaks him out, he does give the guard money and yeah. say for the revolution. Which could have just been a joke, I guess. But yeah. I Which know. I guess is how it landed. Now I need to go back to the tape to see what he, the exact wording on it was. I don't see amazing if he was a counter-revolutionary. Right. That's what I thought he was. <laughs> I'd also like to point out that the music, this is like the love theme. This is the only bit of memorable music, I think, in this movie. To me, this is like kind of striking. I'm like, oh, this is pretty. This is interesting. I like the score here. 
This is the only bit of score I think you can remember from this movie. I liked some of the operatic portions. No, 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 Kano. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 <laughs> I'll be here all week. Hey. Okay, so then they need we... you in Paris. The revolution has started. Right. Oh, by the way, Pierre, immortal. I had a lot of questions. Yeah, I did no not buzz. my first my first watching of this, I did not catch his line of like, I'm tired of this immortal life. Yeah. And... That which happens later. That does not happen now. Right. Clear. And I just assumed he was a guy. Did not so think right. he was an immortal at all. He, they don't get there's no, no reason to think so the first time. We're going to talk about that more. No, yeah, Mac is going to ride off. He right. tells her, like, I got to go with her. Right. Got to go with him. She gives him the ring, and he rides off with Pierre. Into the sunset. So we cut now back to the present, and Mac is getting ready to leave the Japanese cultural or spiritual center. Excuse me. Uh, Alex shows up, and she confronts him, and she's asking. She's like, hey, like, Mr. Nash, like, could you help me find, like, a former tenant of yours? I'm looking for Connor McLeod. The former owner of the store. That's called Russell Nash Antiques. I said there's the deed to the property. I guess. Well, I had, yeah. I had kind of a weird question about Previous this because owner of the shop. I guess this is just Mac fucking up and writing his address when he went to Scotland to visit the McLeod Castle again. He must have written Connor McLeod. I live here at the Nash Antique location. Yeah. Because otherwise, Mac has never used Connor. Like he's abandoned Connor McLeod. Like we've right. seen in the first movie. Like he has like six aliases. None of which are Connor, Connor McLeod, McLeod again. Yeah. So it's like, wait, like, how is she drawing, tracing Let's Connor McLeod back here? It must be that I guess Mac wants to receive the McLeod newsletter, so he wrote Connor McLeod and yeah. put his real address. So that's how I guess she gets it. I, I guess. guess right. But how did she get the fucking family gathering uh, signage sheet? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Nash in quotes says he hasn't seen Connor McLeod in eight years. Right. I feel like they just forgot like what his the name plot. was in the first movie <laughs> right. or something because yeah, he was russell nash then yeah so if it was yeah. eight years russell that's when russell nash left new york but he had been russell nash for however long he'd been russell nash connor needs to de- deny 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 why is he yeah. like giving any clues here anyway uh, so then max like i can't help you miss johnson and she's like huh? and he's like oh yeah i remember everybody i every voice i recognize on tv i remember them instantly just like he did luis in highlander 2 remember he like oh, saw right. luis on tv oh like you're that eco-terrorist right how do you remember this shit yeah. it just happened sure he had just seen it yeah you really think you see a weird newscast about <laughs> japanese sure but he literally just saw it but that was live in Japan, so she is. This must be days later. Oh, that's true. That's fair. Yeah, I was thinking about the Louise one when I saw. Oh, that, sure. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yes. got a good memory, and also because she looks exactly like his lost love. We're forgetting that, right? Part. Exactly. Oh, right, this is right, not right. a chance yeah. encounter. Yeah. Okay, so then she's like, "Oh, like you must have an interest in." japan right and he's like yeah strange food good cars tough deals deals. does he get like a hard way to go on his antique business i don't from... know strange food good cars tough deals also like strange yeah, food sweet. that's like a cultural thing that i find like taking for granted it's like i guess in 1995 like sushi's still weird right Maybe? Maybe? I don't know. I remember being in college and our 7-Eleven on campus started serving sushi. Oh, thank and you. it was like, holy shit, the 7-Eleven has, has sushi. sushi. Yeah. Like, what? Like, also, you think McLeod would be a little more open-minded. Sure. He lived in Japan for maybe years. Yeah. And he's or, like, yeah, they're or, fucked or, up. Actually, you know, I think food. it might have it been only been like three days because he, never, yeah, changed right. his, he yeah. never changed his clothes. <laughs> and he only ate those melons or whatever they were so now we get this crazy thing so she's like well i'm looking for a mcleod or whatever and then kane is like so am i slice and it's like again no buzz no buzz, no buzz. like so he appears feet from the right there yeah. so is there a buzz in this world at all it they've seemingly hinted at it before but no sound effect no zooms none of this sort of stuff that we associate with the show but this scene definitely posits absolutely not like he's right there and he has no fucking clue is it part of his sorcerous powers Ooh. maybe or is max so enchanted with deborah unger oh, that he he's like notice he doesn't even notice that like something's aloof I maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah it's interesting it's odd 400 years is a long time to hate why why do you hate him it wasn't your wasn't his fault i know doesn't make any sense. <laughs> i just feel like i guess maybe you think odd things when you're trapped in a cave hey but... you gotta stew over this stuff you yeah. need to direct your anger at somebody do you don't want to they... blame yourself i mean if kane should be blaming anybody it's himself yeah sure for being an evil asshole. He should own and, it, really. Yeah. yeah. 
so anyway, now we get some rapey shit because like he's like, oh, hate has feeded me, blah blah blah, made me stronger. And then he's like, oh, the woman, like I'll take care of her. And he's like, blah, 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 and he's doing all the the weird. <laughs> he says Kurgan. the opposite. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, he's like, oh, she's not my type. That's he's right. She's a little pale. Yeah, but it's the nineties. That's right. It's yeah. the nineties. Okay. It's, it's the, the 90s. 90s. So maybe I'll make an exception. Then Max says, hey, this is a shrine. We can't fight here. And Kane's just like, whatever. I'll he be says, the judge of that. Which is the line they, for some reason, decide to call back. That memorable line, I'll, I'll be, be the, the judge oh, of it. right. So then they fight a weird, weird fight. This fight So sucks. let's talk about right. this. Huh? <laughs> More jumping. This fight is bad, right? Jumping. It's so weird. They jump on trampolines. Yeah, so like they, they have like a little scuffle, and then Mac runs away and jumps on a trampoline. Cirque to so like, Mac. Yeah, yeah, up onto some scaffolding. Right. And then they have ropes, and they're like swinging past each other. Mac grabs a rope. And, and Kane, Kane has a trapeze. Tra- uh, an actual trapeze. Which, what the fuck? And then they are swinging back and forth. Like, like it's a swashbuckler sort of movie. Yeah. This is like very classic old movie style. This is like I some Errol Flynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone notice Kane's sword? It gets very little screen time, but you can kind of see it here. And I only know a little bit more thanks to the internet and catalogs and all that shit. It's like he has like a black dragon katana, which Ooh. I think is kind of interesting. Like, Because yeah. in the first movie, it's like, well, Mac has the white dragon katana and Kurgan is a black dragon. In this, like the sword, like they literally have opposite swords, which is like guess kind of cool yeah but it doesn't really get any screen time at all like at all like you 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 wouldn't be faulted for thinking like i guess he just has a sword like it's nothing special right interesting so flipping trapeze for reasons yeah kane cuts max rope he falls kane Kane does like a somersault down and then stabs mac like down through the chest which is pretty brutal and so he's like there can be only one he's gonna take his head he swings mac lifts his sword to block it and then max's sword Shatters. Fucking explodes like crazy. Shatters in, literally into dust. Into, into dust. gold dust. And it blows out Shoots the windows, too. energy beam <laughs> or something. Like, the dust goes to the window and, like, explodes And opens it, the window right? to reveal... Like the, the Buddha, Buddha shrine. Right. <laughs> to be like, remember, this is holy ground. So is that why this happens? Because holy ground? But then why does Mac sword? Exactly. Mac isn't the aggressor, but like, if so, then Mac is punished? For right. Reasons? If anybody's sword should explode, it absolutely should be Kane's. And, right. Or it should be both of their swords. Like, just blow them both up. You're not allowed to fight here. We're not going to let you this kill is, him. This part is why I got confused earlier in the movie when I thought Nakano was making Mac's sword. I thought this was like some magic Nakano put in the sword or something. Well, I don't know. It's booby trapped. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or what and if like, he had made Kane's sword and made it explode? Sure. I don't know. Whatever. But th- because then after this, Kane is like, like another time, McCloud, essentially. After 200 years. Patience is a virtue. Right. Yeah. So he runs away. So he runs away. For, so it, like uh, he, I guess, he uses the power of illusion to turn into a vulture, and then illusions all the windows into exploding. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then he illusion flies out the window, <laughs> and then Stan outside but, but, sees all the illusions. And goes, I'm going in. All right, but uh, so and who's he talking to? <laughs> He's on the radio. Oh, he radio. He's just psyching himself up. <laughs> I'm going in. The fact that they don't explode. Kane's sword like what is holy ground gonna do like i guess it's just like kane is scared that holy ground will affect him in some way if he takes max head i guess so he's like oh, i'm not gonna fuck with this i'm out but the simpler solution is to have both their swords explode so he can't do it and so he just has to leave i don't i don't know it adds this extra like well what's gonna happen i don't know or does kane using his power of illusion which is just magic because it's not just illusions does he make connor's sword explode and the process of doing so reveals that it is, in fact, holy ground. And then he voluntarily stops. Is that what know. the, I'll be the judge of that? Like, I'm not sure this is holy ground line? Like, And then it's revealed, think, ah, it is holy ground. It's not that Kane wants to fight on holy ground. It's that he thinks Mac is bullshitting him. This is the world in which it's tradition. We don't fight on holy ground. All right. So it is All tradition. Right. It's then revealed that they are on holy ground. And Kane goes, oh. Well, all right. You're clearly no match for me. I'll be back. I don't know. All right. That's a good way to think about it. It certainly makes it make more sense. That's not bad. I think bad. that makes more sense than the holy ground magic blowing up the sword. Right. Yeah. Back and oh, on. I thought you were kidding because we're in like the fucking Japanese center in Queens. Why yeah. would it be a Buddha the shrine? Japanese spiritual center. Yeah. Or that, or the explosion revealed the shrine. That's what I think well, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. The, the action oh. of the explosion simultaneously just revealed the shrine. I see. It wasn't yeah. that the shrine caused the explosion. Right. Got interesting it. i don't know it's all weird it's I, all 
I thought crazy. the sword exploding was cool. It is cool. Yeah, I think but, even the the reveal of the shrine is cool. I think it's like, yeah. it's like ooh, like. But why it happened, I was just made me confused. Huh. I wish they just had a throwaway line in there, like yeah, just like ah, holy ground, you're right, bye. Right. Like he doesn't explain why he's running away. <laughs> yeah. And it's not clear to me. Just because the movie has another forty minutes to go. <laughs> yeah. So Deborah Unger's like all freaked out. Mac is like fleeing. Whatever you saw, you saw nothing. <laughs> Right. It's intense. Yeah. I think this is this might be the best example of Lambert acting in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. And this feels Mac-ish. Like, yeah. this feels appropriate for his character to talk this way. Because he just fucking leaves. Yeah. Because he has actually, he does have a similar instance with this. This is the, again, copy this from is, the first movie. This is the When he Kurgan, fights the Kurgan, Kurgan in the alley with a pipe. Yeah. This is the exact same thing. He's like, you have mm-hmm. one life to live. Like, don't throw it away. And he runs away. That's what mm-hmm. this is. So he fucking runs out the door. Deb Runger's all freaked out. And then Stan, Stan is like, runs freeze! Yeah. Freeze! Good, good job. <laughs> hey, Rewatchers. We've got a sale going on now, and it's just for you. The Highlander collectible magnet set is available on our Etsy and Facebook pages. How much does it cost? It's only $15 for a collectible set of five awesome magnets. You're kidding me. It's less than $3 for magnet? That's right. This is cheap as fuck. Yeah, with such cool, unique artwork. Where else can you get? Like, you can even buy a print for that much. No. Prints are more expensive. And this shit will last, I would say, a lifetime. These are high-quality, durable magnets. They are heavy-duty. And they feature... away from your phone. Don't wipe (laughs) your phone. (laughs) I tried it. I put one of these magnets on my phone. Everything was lost. Eamon's <laughs> <laughs> life's work is My gone. life was ruined. My tax returns were on that thing. Wow. You do your taxes on your phone? Gone. Yep. <laughs> TurboTax does actually have a very efficient app to be discussed later. <laughs> Are they paying us for this? Yes. Hopefully one day. <laughs> Hopefully one day, but not Into this it. day. So these magnets feature the likenesses of Duncan McLeod, Amanda, Joe, Mythos. And Duncan Part 2. And Duncan Part 2. Uh, a Scott. Scott Scottish warrior, Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> Let's do it together. Yeah. So, so make, buy, sure make sure you pick your, your magnet set, set today. You can find them on our Facebook store or on Etsy. I can't understand you when there's only one of you talking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, check them out. They're really awesome. And add them to your collection. Today. Back to the show. So now so, we get a very weird scene. <laughs> this is interesting since I've watched two versions of this movie. I saw the Blu-ray version and the DVD version. The The footage that's on the Blu-ray on this looks like shit. Yeah. It's, it's really it, washed out. It's really washed out. This looks entirely different on the DVD. Like, it looks like the, the colors on the Blu-ray are very blue. It's mm-hmm. like, like you said, washed out, very white and like oversaturated. It's very strange. In the DVD version, it's more that orange hue that like, this movie is very orange. Orange and blue, mostly. But yeah, it looks completely different. Like, I don't know what happened to the footage. But not on the Blu-ray. They must have copied it from something else. It's weird. So, so let's talk about like this scene in a pool hall or something. Uh-huh. Or a bar? They're like in a bar at five a.m. allegedly. Yeah. So how long was Mac doing kendo? Yes. Okay. So when remember when I said that I was like, I've got a crazy key theory for later. Buckle up because it's about some nonsense. Uh oh. It's that. I can't believe you guys noticed that too, or at least you did, Kyle. I didn't know. Because I wrote at least half a page on <laughs> wrote half a page? on breaking that shit down. So I wondered the same thing. So first let's talk about let's talk about the scene and then we'll dissect how it's all fun. Well this bar this this pool bar has creamer for some reason. <laughs> Well, because she's eating, drinking coffee. Uh, coffee, coffee, coffee. Bars have coffee. Yeah, it's I'm okay. prepared to say bars have coffee. Not most bars. Oh, totally most bars. It's probably shit coffee, like instant crap. Not that you can order. <laughs> not that you yeah, can order. Yeah, absolutely that you can order. Bar restaurants, maybe, this but is not a like Queens, a man. bar. No, most bars, too. No, they don't. Oh, this tangent. <laughs> Fucking go at it. <laughs> I go to a lot of bars. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I've have gone to a bar that's not also a restaurant that has coffee did you have you tried to have order a try, coffee have you ever tried and failed to Ch- order coffee challenge. at a bar go to go to a bar and try to order coffee Do i it. did once uh, it was mcglinchy's <laughs> and the woman you would have thought i called her a curse word she's like we don't have coffee all right mcglinchy's for those at home is maybe <laughs> the shittiest bar in philly can you still smoke in there you can okay it's lost some of its edge i see <laughs> yeah. We'll revisit this. 
Well, that'd be a bonus episode. <laughs> right. Okay, so what is the discussion here? So they're b- both drinking coffee. Stan is telling her about, like, what's up with this guy, Mac? Uh, I, I kind of like the, there's, like, a fun little cut here. Like, she's opening her creamer with her pocket knife. Yeah. Sorry, you're describing what's about to happen as a fun little cut? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind it that she, like, pokes the coffee creamer. He's talking about this, like, what's going on with Mac, and she gets, like, flashes to the fight, and the creamer turns to blood. I yeah. think that's kind of cool. Is it? I liked is, it. Is she suffering from the power of illusion? What is going illusion. on here? Illusion. Well, it's just like, like a, a mind fuck. It's like I just saw graphic shit. Mind fuck. So now, now we're going to see my PTSD? Yeah. Also, I'm in love with this guy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. 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 Like, I'm willing to accept a world, perhaps, in which she is horribly traumatized by what she has witnessed, not the world in which she fucks him, like, 24 hours later or whatever <laughs> it is. Like... Not that one. I'm just, and into not the both. Cre- I'm just into the coffee creamer image. That's all. All right, yeah. Eamon, what well, happens to Brenda? Like where's, the, Bre- where's Brenda? Brenda died in a horrific car accident where she was plastered across a Scottish highway. <laughs> and, Matt, and Nash just walked away. Yeah. Right. So I think the implication is that like Matt caused this accident or something, right? I that guess seems to be what Sten thinks. Sten thinks, yeah. He right. had Brenda killed. Also, whatever. I think this is interesting. So they mentioned this happened seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess eight years ago, Mac disappears from New York. Mm-hmm. 1985 slash courtship. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's interesting. They actually had one year of love, like the song. I, oh, I, that's a great pull. I Ooh. don't know if that's intentional or it not. It has to be. It has. To I be. don't know, but it's one year of love is better than a lifetime alone. Mm. That's phenomenal. Good, See? good work. I, I think David Ace G <laughs> brought this up to us. Brenda in this timeline has died two horrific deaths. <laughs> yes, unrelated yeah. to keep her out of these movies. One, yeah. she had horrible sun cancer. <laughs> sun cancer. <laughs> she was sort of a character in that. Like they sh- they show her. Yeah, only in like the director's cut though. And she's a bandaged up monster <laughs> she is a monster <laughs> she was actually just always a mummy did you miss that oh i didn't know she was always a mummy that makes sense yeah and this one she dies in a car crash yeah because she can't be in this movie for whatever for reasons for reasons even okay. though she's replaced with a character with the same skill set yep kyle you mentioned they're at this place at 5 a.m what time because deborah unger points out it's 5 a.m officer i'm gonna walk through my notes on this because i break this shit all the way down and it's ridiculous okay so she says it's 5 a.m and so i'm going to assume this conversation takes place shortly after the police officers freeze right this seems like this is right after that right i'm going to assume he maybe takes an official statement from her they maybe go downtown Mm, Uh, i don't even know so all right so what time was mac training at the buddhist temple that's the first question right so it's like i don't know 2 a.m in the morning i was like the timeline on the night with his buddy charlie right so the timeline on the night says alex well how long did the fight did the fight take how long was the fight will you let me let me break this shit down (laughs) because i get through all these questions so alex says she's staying late at work, right? Let's start there. Let's start at the beginning of w- w- the sequence of events, right? Alex mm-hmm. is staying late at work. Mm-hmm. We're not sure how late, but it's definitely later than 5 p.m. We can all agree, right? A standard sure. work day, right? Yeah. So she then goes to Mac's place to camp out and wait for him. Mac leaves his place to go visit Charlie and train. So let's work backwards. So let's say the fight happened an hour or even two hours before the conversation we're hearing right now in the bar, the pool bar. So that gives Stan and Alex time to get their shit together and go to this bar and they probably have talked for a bit, too, before this conversation, right? Like so, about what she actually saw. And what. Right. So working backwards, it's 5 a.m., so two hours ago would be 3 a.m. So 3 a.m., maybe they got to the bar or whatever. Uh, so the fight was about five minutes long, but it's for the movies, so it could have been longer. So let's say it was a fucking hour long, which means the fight maybe started at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Maybe. So, before that, Mac was training and showering, presumably. Like, he leaves with a fresh set of clothes, right? So my question is, what time does this place close? There must be staff there. Because Mac was getting finished in the shower. and Charlie is staff. But is Charlie there? So... I don't think he has keys because Mac maybe hasn't been to New York in eight years. Did they let this guy keep, like, why does Mac have keys to the Japanese Spiritual Center? So Charlie already left. So in the next scene, we see Mac getting home to Manhattan from Queens. So we know he had a bit of time to drive. So again, we must know this coffee scene must be taking relatively soon after the fight because these two scenes are edited together concurrently. So Mac is arriving home from the fight and Sten and Alex are talking in the bar after the fight. These are going on at the same time, right? So we know what our timeline is here. Is this ridiculous? Probably. Also, I wonder where this bar is. 
I think it's in Manhattan. Why, you ask? <laughs> because Sten, we see Sten in this bar later. We know Sten knows the details of Highlander 1's events, likely because he's in the same precinct as Bedso, who was investigating that murder, which means that precinct would have handled Madison Square Garden cases, right? In Manhattan. So we see him later in this bar having drinks with workmates. So it stands to reason that he does not drive to Queens for a beer after work that this is his local after-work bar because somebody calls him at the bar to say, like, oh, like, everybody knows he goes there. So they had to drive to Manhattan. This is ridiculous. And so this is his after-work hang. So there we go. Mac was, I guess, fighting at 2.30 in the morning? Wow. That's how I broke this down. I revisited well, this paragraph like six times. In the course. <laughs> well, clearly, there's a timeline issue. Okay. Whatever it is. Sorry. Whatever there is, is a timeline issue. That didn't land as much as I hoped it would. <laughs> We're all in agreement on that. <laughs> Five in the morning. So Mac must have been tra- like fighting Charlie at like midnight at this place. Disrespectful. That's Spiritual center. Late-ass training. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you, Charlie. Yeah. So Stan's like, he's dangerous. You should stay away from him. And and like, that's, what she, that's what he said. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, she likes bad boys. Right. So she's like, nope. He, she just saw him, like, sword fight some crazy guy. And she was just told his wife was splattered. <laughs> Uh-huh. Across the road, she's like, I gotta get more of this guy. <laughs> hubba hubba, gimme gimme. And he like pins her against the wall and like threatens her. Yeah, not like, cool. Geez. But he's she's into it. All right, so now we cut back to Max what Loft. Girls like nice guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we cut back to Max Loft. He's just getting home. He puts his broken sword on the counter. Ah, time to cut some oranges. Right. It's like, what's the first thing he does? Grab a beer? No, grab a full sack of oranges. <laughs> just- <laughs> And then just cut one in half, like slice it. It's the way ridiculous. he cuts it is really like so you can get a, funny. It, you, you don't want that 5 a.m. orange to get a smash <laughs> cut to a guillotine. A guillotine. <laughs> All right, so now we are taking a flashback to France. We are taking a flashback to France. Uh, it's the French like, Revolution. That's how we're getting there, yeah. by way of flashback. By way of flashback. Uh, Mac is locked up in a prison, and his friend Pierre shows up, and he's there to take Mac's place. So Mac is about to be executed for treason because of his role, I guess, in this revolution. And Pierre... Pierre bribes a guard to come speak with him. And so Mac doesn't want to switch places, but Pierre's like, I'm done with this. I'm tired of this immortal life. This will relieve me of my pain. Right. And he's also apparently drunk because Mac's yeah, like, wait. go sleep it off. Like, yeah. I didn't pick up that on that at first, that he's drunk, yeah. He uses the phrase, sleep it off, which right. I guess you could use metaphorically. But yeah, no, 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 it makes sense that he's drunk, yeah. Pierre, like, bops him on the head. He literally, he literally bops him. And he's got to, again, deal what with the he, guards. Like, switch clothes with him or something? Does he even do that? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But the guards but... take him out like he's McLeod. And... So he paid the guard to switch. Right. Like he, that's what he paid the guard to do. Right. Like, yeah. Kill me instead. Yeah. And, then, and they're like, yeah, after it's all done, throw Mac outside like he's yeah. done. There's an odd bit of cinematography here where they keep on not showing Mac's face or like the the condemned man's mm-hmm. face right. as though you didn't know it wasn't Mac. Yeah, right. Because right. you watched Mac get bopped on the head. So you, yeah, know, the so whole it's time. Like you, know. you know the whole time, but they're being very. Yeah, cut that part out. Right. Yeah. That yeah. way of it's him a getting mystery. Bopped. Man, oh. come on. <laughs> Just this movie. So we cut outside. Yeah. I think this looks pretty solid, I guess. Like, the flashback? Yeah. yeah. in general. Sarah is working her way to the front of the line, this crowd, because, of course, it's like a grotesque period in human development where everyone is screaming for blood as they're about to witness this. And there's like a drummer drumming, which is, I like that overhead shot of mm-hmm. that. Oh, that's kind of stark. Yeah, that's yeah, good. It's, cool. it's very stark. Yeah. One last thing that we missed, again, of who the fuck is Mac and who the fuck is Pierre. So we just found out Pierre is a mortal. The reason Pierre wants to take Mac's place is if we lose you, we will lose a great warrior against evil. I was like, what? The fuck? Really? You will? Yeah. That's what you're going to lose? Who is this guy? Yeah. Doesn't seem to fit. It's strange. With the character. It fits a bit with the version of Connor McCloud we see in The Gathering. Yeah. Sure. Where he's like headhunting for Slen the Cat. Right. This is a Duncan McLeod they're talking about here, not a Connor McLeod. Like, yeah. Duncan's a great warrior that stands up for causes. Connor fucks off and he doesn't give a shit. Connor yeah. probably doesn't even stand up for the wave at like <laughs> ball games. But we know that because at yeah. the wrestling match, he didn't give it. He just like looked yeah. frowny faced the whole time. He wasn't cheering or anything. Yeah, but we learned from the American Dream. He's a huge wrestling Huge fan. wrestling fan. Huge wrestling. But he just sits there with his arms crossed. He's like, impress me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Sarah works her way to the front of the line in time to see somebody somebody who's not mcleod get beheaded and they're like mcleod's dead or whatever you know like and so she's screaming flipping out why doesn't she recognize his head (laughs) (laughs) she might be too far away yeah i think i think Uh, that's what it is in this in the script like mcleod is courting this 
cousin or niece to the king. Right. This this what is the Sarah character here? Yeah, whose name is like Isabella or something. Yeah, and like that. and the conflict is not that Mac needs to go fight in the revolution. The conflict is this immortal mentor convinces him like you really can't be with a mortal woman. Right. Like, yeah. You gotta leave her. It's very similar to the conversation he has with Ramirez. Right. Like he and Kavanaugh, like and some other guy, like their French guide or whatever, Gaston, they like go to say goodbye to her. And then they get caught by guards. Like he doesn't have permission to be there. Right. And the guards catch them and like a scuffle ensues and it results in them being captured. And then the Kavanaugh character, aka Pierre, gets beheaded, but then Mac escapes because the quickening gives him superpowers. <laughs> That's him, I, I don't think so, it's superpowers. Because it like it enables him to break his bonds. Oh, I thought the, the the lightning broke the bonds. Oh, maybe. Somehow the quickening enable like the chaos created by the quickening enables Mac to escape. Right. So he gets away, and his romance with this mortal woman actually causes his friend's death. Mm-hmm. Right. She's later beheaded in the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a different take on this whole thing. Yeah. But the like the ingredients of this are there. All right. So Pierre's dead. Sarah's freaking out. Max like, "Oh no." So let's talk about Mac doesn't get a quickening here. Nope. No. Even though he can see what's happening and it's not that far away. Is he too far away? Is that the reasoning I here? Guess. Maybe. I don't or know. Or maybe the movie universe doesn't work that way. The first time I watched this movie for this review, I did not catch the line about Pierre being saying like, "Oh, I'm tired of this uh, eternal life. So I, I had no clue that he was immortal because again, there's no quickening. I was like, he didn't oh. need to be immortal. Well, yeah, he does not need to be. He can also be like, he can just be fucking down on himself and be like, I don't care. Or the reason, like you said, like Mac's a great warrior. He wants Mac to live. Yeah, we're worth more than I am, so I'm going to sacrifice myself. Yeah, he does not need to be immortal. I don't know why he is. Or in this universe, maybe there is no quickening if a mortal takes your head. Also maybe true. That's it. That like, is true that, because that that's, could just not be part that's of. That's just that could just be it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but in the TV show. Like when well, what's his name gets his head cut off by the by the boat, the boat, Alexi Voshin, Alexi yeah. Voshin. Though that that's a little ambiguous, just insofar as it's very clear that uh, Matt caused that. Yeah, it was right. part of the fight. Yeah, but there's there's other instances where people we'll see in the series well, then, like, lose their head, and other people get the quickening. Fitz doesn't want to get his chopped off by the hunters because his quickening will be wasted, right? And he doesn't want to get his head chopped off. Yeah, and but also that it, it bugged me though that there was no quickening. Yeah, yeah, and it was just it, odd. It's also strange because it's such like a throwaway thing. It's like it's fine if they want to make him immortal because they want to explore this. Like, well, this Pierre's tired of living; he's sick of it. But it's like it's but a that's thro- not what this movie's about. Yeah, and it's like a throwaway line. It's like I'm tired of this eternal life, bop. And it's like, oh, that's the scene. It's like, how about more of more of that? Then. Yeah, like, this guy just that this idea. guy is literally committing suicide, and it's like a half second line. And we don't even get to know this character, so who gives a shit that he's dead? Like, yeah, he could be nothing. He's just and fodder. Al- and also, it's clearly a relic of the version of this script that is about the fact that Mac is tired of what li- is like lonely and run down. Has to and- live with all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's bizarre. Also, actually, I never thought about this, but like Mac walking away from the the car crash without mm-hmm. a scratch, that could have been explored a little because Mac should have died. Because at the end of the first movie, he's mortal; he can have kids. Uh, and like, I, I mean, honestly, honest, honestly, even having a flashback to that or, or something like that's the moment Mac realizes it's not over. Like, right. I thought I was mortal; I thought I won this thing. She's dead; I'm not. How is this curse still going on? There's something. That's something. Right. I mean, it is possible, though, to get into a car crash and one person die. And oh, die. sure. But I yeah. think he would. Re- I mean, that would be that's I didn't think about that as a plot point. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, especially if it's a, a, a really horrific car accident. It's and like, well, made, there's no way I could have yeah. survived. They made it sound like he got out like without a scratch. Right. A which, real unbreakable situation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's I mean, I think that's an interesting scene, at least Mac having to cope with the fact that like. Not only is his wife dead, but like this curse that he's been living with essentially is back, like or never went away. It's like I thought I was over this. The game, though, we're still living in this ambiguous, weird world of what the fuck is the prize? Yeah, sure. You know, do we know at the end of this movie? Not really. Nope. All right, so we cut to the present, and we get to dissolve through the drumhead, and Alex is just at the door. Like the scene just starts with like Mac opening the door and being like, "Oh, it's you!" And he's like. Come in, I'll make you a drink. And he like doesn't ask what she wants. Right. He's like, I'll fix you something. He goes upstairs. Yeah. And then she wanders around the room. And this is <laughs> he just makes her a root beer float. Yeah. <laughs> he comes down with a giant mug that's like dripping and there's a big ice cream thing. Here you go. <laughs> this is what you wanted, right? 
I guess. At this point, this is after she's instantly impressed by this law <laughs> yeah. too. Oh, she, looks, she, she is. Well, like, awesome. It yeah. is awesome. It, it is, is awesome. awesome. But she's yeah. like, mm-hmm. hubba hubba. So this is this is what this. six in the morning now. Let's say this is the same day. I would assume. I they're, guess. So they're drinking before the sun comes. <laughs> exactly. Out. Yeah. Like this night is a long night. I'm assuming. It could be the next or day. Or is it the next night? But it has to be the like completely next night. But again, the way this is edited, I don't think so. So she's snooping around all this shit, and I just want to get to I don't know if she's snooping. Right she's away. like well, looking. She's, looking yeah, she's snooping. Really? She, yeah, she listens in on a phone call. Oh, well, at that, oh, yes. no, at that point, she's, she's grabbing his stuff. I think when he's like, I'll make you a drink, and she walks around and looks at pictures on the wall. I don't know if that's snooping. Why does... Connor McLeod have a fucking autographed, photoshopped pictures of <laughs> autographed picture of his own son on his desk. Yep. Great question. Who has autographed pictures of their fucking kids? Well, first also, off, when was that? Pi- hang on. How long has he been out of New exactly. York? Exactly. Yes, that, yes, yes. that is a current picture of the son. Kyle, I just want to say I've infected you with all <laughs> my weird minutia that like, this is all shit that I have in my notes. I'm like, oh, this is going to not go over well. Like me noticing this shit. And you did. Ha! Like, and, and we he had a blowout over the superconductor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But apparently I'm the same. So, well, he uh, no, Good he, point, because it seems like he's away for maybe eight years, but at some point he came back and put a signed, autographed photo, oh, no. framed picture of his son he on his desk. He could have put the picture in his luggage. He brought the picture? <laughs> he, brought right. the fo- he brought the signed photo. <laughs> All right, in. maybe. Yeah. All right. I didn't consider that. That's definitely nope, possible. That's maybe it. But okay. it is signed. My think problem he got it signed right before he left. He was like, good luck, the- Dad. <laughs> yeah, because this kid just learned how to write. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right? the signature like is his, very professional. It's a very good signature. Yeah. I'm like, when do you learn cursive? Third grade? Yeah. Do kids even learn cursive now? But like then, probably yeah. third grade. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, third know. grade. Also, it's this kid. It's, it's definitely the actor's kid? headshot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, what does it say? Best wishes. Have a good summer. Nice meeting you. Yeah. Please call dad like he promised. McLeod but just, you didn't. Bye. just adopted this kid and then left immediately. He's like, this was a fucking mistake. I'll be back. <laughs> Say So, so I guess Mac makes adopt- a drink. Also, I want to just point out that Mac also has Applejack as part of his bar. It's prominently displayed. Oh, Weird, right? Fair enough. Product placement. Yeah. <laughs> like the Mountain Dew. So Mac gets a phone call from a travel agency saying his flight Super to Glasgow. Super travel. Super travel. Saying his flight to Glasgow is prepaid. It's all ready to go. He just has to pick so it up. So it must be a subsequent day, right? Because he wouldn't have gotten home at 5 a.m. to... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> to get to call a travel agent to book a flight to Glasgow. I, I travel have, agent isn't going to be open at 5 a.m. I think I have that in my notes as well. Because I was like, they're speaking with an American accent, so this is not a time zone difference. Yeah, I'm not sure when this theori- is. But guess- no, even, even if it's the next day, though, it's still too late, right? Maybe? Or not? I guess it could be, it's the winter, so the sun goes down earlier. <laughs> it might, yeah. So it could be 4 o'clock. It could be 4 o'clock. Yeah. Huh. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so now we know or, it's definitely the next travel, day. It's a travel agent. They might call they might work a slightly they might irreg- have overnight or i was to say they might have slightly irregular hours sure. like they might work you know 11 to 7 so they can call people it would make sense not travel agency has different hours because they're dealing with maybe international customers sometimes yeah crazy that we are picking up on some of this stuff good 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 we're really getting to the heart of the movie now <laughs> okay so well, she- i think you introduced this properly <laughs> this movie asks you to suspend so much that i am capable of suspending every time nothing yeah like, exactly once it's like cross some threshold where it can gets no more passes and so even things like yeah. this fucking photo yeah or like hmm what's even more fucked up than the photo which i don't know how she doesn't notice this right away is the enormous fucking <laughs> painting of her all right she does notice it and I, mac points it out and they that's like the first thing i'd notice it's an enormous painting it is big I'd be like, wait, what's that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Forget this. When did I pose for this? Framed child picture. And she listened in on that. Yeah, so yeah. she's and definitely also, snooping what's the deal here. with the baseball? So she picks up the baseball, and it's signed to Connor. It's signed like to Connor McLeod, and she goes like, "A lot of Connors in the family. Like that's weird." And it's because Mac had somebody sign the ball to him. Yeah, as Connor McLeod. It's kind of an interesting line. I think you could read a lot into it, honestly. Like, if you want to really get deep and like philosophical about the character, it's like, oh, Mac ha- always has fucking aliases like Russell Nash and all the weird other ones. And it's like, oh, in a moment where he meets like a Babe Ruth and is like, sign the ball for me. It's like, oh, what's your, what's name? your name? And it's like, it's not Russell Nash. It's like, oh, it's Connor McLeod. Like, that's his real identity. So when he has someone give him something like a memento like that. Please sign it to this. Right. Yeah. So that's me like putting layers into this that I think are pretty good. It's not present in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, also like 
for a man that's constantly being investigated by the police, he's pretty cavalier about leaving all these weird pieces of evidence of him yeah. like being an immortal. Now we get a flashback. Back to France, I guess. Maybe England, though, because Sarah's from England, right? So who yes. knows? So Sarah is gardening. Mac is spying on her <laughs> from a distance. And then he, like, peeps out and is like, oh, I'm going to talk to her. Right. He looks like he's ready to, like, I'm yeah. going to go talk to her now. Because also, it's definitely revealed that Mac knows that Sarah was at the beheading, right? Right. Yes. Like, he sees her he there, too. Her and he's there. like, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So he goes to make his move. But all of a sudden, a family comes out. And there's kids and all this stuff. The husband looks kind of doofy. There you go. <laughs> He's no Connor McLeod, who also looks doofy. But. Yeah, I was say, he looks plenty doofy. <laughs> so this must be years later. So Mac, for some reason, decides years later to come visit Sarah. Because he's, he's like, oh, I'm sad. Right. <laughs> I'm going to walk away. And he puts on his triangular hat. Also, at this point, the movie has given up on transitions between the past and the present. <laughs> it is literally just a fucking, like, it just, like, fades to the past and fades to the future. And it's like, there's no pans, there's no weird design, there's nothing. Nothing. We get cut, nothing. Cut to the present and Mac was wearing a tri-corner hat for some reason. <laughs> so they Although, also, the maybe, yeah. also, maybe that tells me that this flashback was not supposed to go here, like, because there's no plan for cutting anyway, so they had no way to stick it in this scene, so they just dissolved to it. It doesn't follow the hallmarks of the rest of the movie. Interesting. So then she's telling Mac about the Tartan and Nakano, and Mac's just like, don't you ever talk about anything but business? And she's like, well, what else should I talk about? And Mac's thinking, we should talk about fucking. Well, yeah, then we get a cut. It's like, oh, is there something else we could talk about? Cut back to that scene about like, oh, it would seem I need some taming. And Mac's like, oh, it's a challenge. Cut back to the present. Like, that's the whole scene. It's like, what Mm. the fuck is this flashback? It means he wants to... Slam in the pork. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Another uh, watcher tube saying, not originated by Iman. That's right. Then on her way, she's going to leave. I guess on her way out, she see, sees the sword hilt on the counter and she's like, oh, this looks familiar or whatever. And she makes a very weird decision. <laughs> then she just throw it to at him. fucking chuck it at him. Yeah. Uh, and then the cap, then the production team makes a weird decision so then we actually do get a transition which is this sword hilt hits hits a flag a flag that is interposed which is it reveals behind it a blue screen yeah and and then there's from from the the first first movie movie for about five seconds and then we fucking cut away what is this it's like right before the mcclouds and the phrases go to town right and then what happens what does it cut to then then we get computer action why you throw yeah oh that's it yeah you're right like, that's it. Nothing it? happens. It just cuts to Scotland, and then the flashback is over. And she throws like a hilt that still has like a piece of sharp metal. This sticking is out. dangerous. This is hazardous. She's a she's a fucking archaeologist. Yeah. What are you doing? And yeah, she's what? like, this looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it like shatters his Fabergé egg or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Good thing I have a replacement. I hope this doesn't get broken later. <laughs> right. Oh no! So that's the bizarre. I guess that's the transition of like we're going to go to Scotland or something, right? Yep. Like, that's that's what this flashback is, but it doesn't really deliver anything. It's just like, oh, remember Scotland? That's where this movie's headed. For a minute. For Well, but yeah. no, for a longer for a longer period of time, because Mac is about to go to Scotland. But then he's only in Scotland for a little while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for not long. But this is just to, like, I guess, draw that connection that, like, Scotland, remember? Question mark? Yeah. Ah, remember it. this movie is called Highlander? Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap up this episode, should we play another game? Probably. Game time. All right. We're going to play a game of... Highlander 3-centric, 3 and 5. 3 and 5 is the game where I will name a category, and then Keith and Eamon, alternatingly, will have to give three examples that fall within that category. They'll get one point for each one they successfully name. Four points total if they get all three. Did I say they only get five seconds to answer? Hey-o. There we go. Head-to-head, baby. Cheers for five years. Keith, you're up first. Name me three. Paramours of Connor and McCloud. What's a Paramour? (laughs) No, 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 What's a paramour? You can't do this to me. Romantic interest. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Come on. Come on. I don't know what that word is. I'm not sure if I'm... I don't know what that word meant. I know, but I feel like you should. But all right. Maybe I should. Sure. Now you've had more time to think. Keith, give me three paramours. Connor McLeod. Brenda. Louise. And Alex. And Sarah. All right. Four. He should be disqualified know, for giving an extra. You, get, you can deduct a point or something. You can deduct two points. I'll give you that. 
I'm I didn't know what Paramore meant. I am uh, putting a big old asterisk there. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll see how the rest of the game shakes out. I'm sorry, Eamon. Well, I'm going to pretend I don't know a word in yeah, do you this have any, question. Yeah, oh, good. That's <laughs> yeah, going to be other hard vocabulary. That's going to be hard to do. But, uh, I'm going to try my best. Uh, Eamon, name me three non-Highlander Lambert movies. Mortal Kombat. Uh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. Um, guns, big guns. Big no, guns. big guns. It's not what the movie's called. That right. sucked. That was not your best work, but no. that's one. That's one point. Uh, big guns. Keith, yes. name me three things it takes to stop someone like Kane. Uh, steel, faith. No, uh, steel, soul, and heart. All right, I'm giving you two. Yeah, that deserved two. You got there. Heart. I was accurately quoting the first movie, like this movie should have. Hey, Eamon. Yes, sir. Can you go ahead and name me three forms that are adopted by Kane? A vulture, Connor McCloud, and Connor McCloud's son? No. Uh, the, the Alex. Ugh, that last one did not make it in uh, time. Two points. Two points only. Basketball. <laughs> Keith, name me three tools that are required to make a sword. A hammer, an anvil, fire, ply, like plier things, gloves. Uh, I don't know. I don't give it to you. <laughs> I don't know. Disqualified for too many answers. <laughs> Amen. Maybe three continents visited by Duncan McLeod or Connor McLeod. Uh, North America. Uh, is Japan a continent? No. Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. God. Oh my oh, God. Oh, one right? point. Uh, what are the other ones? North <laughs> America. Asia and, Asia and Europe. Asia and Europe. Asia and Europe. All right, and we've got the last one. Keith, maybe three members of the House of Representatives. Come on, this is not. A, you said this is Highlander three. Uh, you know, uh, burning time. Uh, I don't give a shit. I'm. This is a protest. No, no answer. Protest. No answer. Protest. All right, zero points. Amen. Name me. Can't lose a game. I don't play. Three <laughs> yeah, members sure. of the Trump cabinet. Oh, uh, Jared Kushner. Uh, nope. No? Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mike Pence? I'll no? give you Mike Pence, actually, but... Uh, but nope. We're done. <laughs> A lot of people think of the vice president as part of the cabinet, even though they're not, like, secretaries. Uh, In any case... What's Kushner? Uh, An advisor. A special advisor. Oh, bummer. And that's related to Highlander 3... How? Because I included it in all my three and fives until you guys eventually get them. <laughs> okay. This has not been a secret. This, like the, no, I, this might true. actually be the sixth time I've done it. Keith, you've got ten points. Amen. how many points do you think you have? You've got five seconds. Price is right, rules. Uh, uh, three? You've got five. If, if, you first, if you took completely out my first answer. If you took answer, completely out the first answer, you would still win six to five. There we go. I can feel confident. So we, can, we can remove the asterisk. I'm sorry. There we go. Because I forgot Asia was a continent. There we go. <laughs> hey yo, And that's how you play three and five. All right, guys. This is another chapter of the Highlander Three saga completed. Right. How Highlander do we think the story is going? Going great. Is it going great? Is it's... this is it getting better? Sure. I don't know. I don't Question know either. <laughs> We're treading water right now. We are kind of treading. It's like odd. There's just so many odd. Well, the choices. movie's treading water for sure. Like we're not learning new things. Like we learned about Brenda. <laughs> You look pretty, Brenda. Sure. Smushed on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, boy. But, like, let's, let's compare this. Pizza. Oh, Scottish street pizza. That's funny. Mm-hmm. It's got haggis on it. Yeah. Like, com- let's compare no, this okay. to the series for a second. Like, this, what the series? series was, like, additive. Like, mm-hmm. we introduced the Watchers. We introduced, like, there's new things. Like, there's the Methuselah Stone. I mean, I guess this movie introduces magic or whatever. But, like, I think it's actually the power of the magic. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to respect that a little more. You got to respect that a little more. We learn new things in the mm-hmm. series. Like, the mythology grows. I'm not sure if the mythology grows in this movie. That's why I say, like, treading water. Like, we have these investigations. Like, the police are investigating. We have Alex investigating. But it's like, to what end? Like, as an audience member, I, I don't l- learn more about the Highlander mythos in this movie than I did from the first movie. Do I? Like, do I learn any new rules? Do I, like, there's, there's very little. If, if anything, it just kind of confuses me a little bit. <laughs> Like yeah. the Holy Ground thing. It's like, I thought they couldn't fight on Holy Ground. Do they? Do they not? Not sure. It doesn't really define anything new, which is something you'd hope for in a sequel. Like, give credit to Highlander 2 for that. It's like, at least that was like, well, there was this, and now we're adding something new to that. Like, it's actually, you know what I mean? Like, So uh, what I'm hearing is Keith is pro-Zeist. Zeist is better than this at the moment. 
Like, at least in no. terms of, like, no. at least in terms of developing the mythology, maybe. Uh, Highlander 2 develops a mythology. It's not good. Way, it's a it, it's a complete misstep in, okay, like, so adding stuff. the way stuff. that, like, puking on a page is coloring it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, it's, like, a bad move. But, like, that tried to say, like, well, what's the next step? What? Where do we go from here? Right. We'll add to it. This does not, this is not doing that. This is, like, playing it very safe. Like, literally, try, like, it's like, oh, let's just play, you know, we're on the kitty side of the pool, like, don't want to get our feet too wet or whatever, and we're just kind of stuck with the same movie. I don't know. It's not doing anything. No. So any final thoughts before we wrap it up, guys? I can't wait to see what happens. That's right. <laughs> oh, in... We need to watch that part of the movie now. Let's watch yeah. the movie again before we start recording. <laughs> we're going to take a movie break. Very good. Well, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and share us with your Highlander fans, or if you think anybody else would love Highlander, show them, maybe not this movie, show them the first one and get them into it, because it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 Is Japan a kind of <laughs> dumb? <laughs>